You're listening to The Jill Monaco Show, episode number 16. Welcome to The Jill Monaco Show. I'm your host, Jill. Each week, I hope to bring you a message that inspires, encourages, or challenges you to go after and live a life you love. Join me and my friends as we explore what it means to love God, love ourselves, and love others. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Here we go. tuned into the podcast today, I am starting a series on relationships. I have four experts lined up that you don't want to miss. In the coming weeks, it will have a single slash dating focus. But today, we're talking about something everyone experiences at some level, waiting. This episode with Wendy Pope will encourage you as you are waiting on God. Before I tell you more about Wendy, I want to quickly mention that I'll be opening up my program from Looking to Loving, Find the Breakthrough You Need So You Can Have the Relationship You Want in February. In it, we'll cover things that you can do while you're waiting and how to do it well. This is specifically designed for singles to address things like how to have an intimate relationship with God, how to forgive, how to overcome rejection and fears of your past or the future. It's been so fun to watch people who have gone through the program find freedom in Christ and then walk right into what God has planned for them, not only in dating and marriage, but in life in general. Now, my prayer is to help people learn to wait well by being proactive about partnering with God in the single season. So back to my guest today. I think this episode has foundational wisdom to living in the peace of God and contentment for where he has you now. My guest, Wendy Pope, is the wife of Scott, mother of Blair and Griffin. She's also an author, a speaker, and a Bible study teacher. Wendy writes devotions for Proverbs 31 Ministries, Encouragement for Today, and is a content provider for the free online devotional app, First Five, as well as a member of the Proverbs 31 Ministries speaker team. Wendy is the author of Wait and See. Wendy shares biblical wisdom on how to prepare for the future, even as you participate in the work in God's work in the present. Drawing on the story of David, Wendy helps you exchange weariness and discouragement for hope and action. Instead of getting distracted by the object of your weight, you can grow closer to the person of your faith, transforming your wait and see season into one of the sweetest seasons of all. And... I just so happened to be able to do the narration of this audiobook, which was so fun. So have you ever waited so long for a desire or a promise from God that you felt like you might have wanted it more than God himself? Or have you just completely lost hope over a promise or desire? Well, I don't want you to miss this conversation with Wendy. She has such wisdom and insight because, let me tell you, she has walked it out. She is the real deal, and I'm thrilled to have her on my show. Wendy, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Well, Jill, thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so I'm excited, glad. excited to be on. I'm glad to have you. You know, it was such a joy to meet you in person um, at the She Speaks conference uh, in the summer. So when people are listening to this, it was July of 2017 that we actually met face to face. Exactly. And I was so surprised that I was meeting the person that read my book. <laughs> it just, I've never, you know, I've never expected to meet you, uh, to, to meet, the, meet the person behind the voice. 
so fun. I was <laughs> I was so glad. And you know, your book, I think I told you this at the conference and so that other people know, it really is unusual for uh, a narrator to meet the author or vice versa because we don't walk in the same circles usually. Right. Um, but I, when I had, when I got called to read your book and I was doing the narration for it, I really was blessed during that process of getting to read it and communicate it because I totally understand about waiting. Mm. So you ministered to me. Thank you very much. I think that there, uh, I think that's why the book, um, has been the success that it has is because I don't know anybody that has not been touched by waiting for something and it it doesn't matter how old you are how young you are (laughs) maybe we'll put it that way um but it's it's a subject that if we aren't dealing with a wait we're coming out of one or we're probably fixing to go into one i mean there's we're in one of those places for sure so i'm glad that um that just reading my book was a blessing to you so thank you so much it was. I kind of was fangirling over meeting you because, you know, when someone's touched your life, you're like, I just want to hug you and say thank you. Oh, <laughs> I know. I love that. It's, it's weird because I fangirl over people all the time. It's kind of weird to say some here. Somebody fang, <laughs> fangirling over me. I'm like, yeah, I'm not that girl. <laughs> uh-huh. So who do you fangirl over? Oh, gosh. You know, I would probably fangirl over, um, over Beth Moore yeah. because early in my just chasing hard after God during some waiting seasons of my life, her Bible studies really took me to the heart of the Word of God and just just encouraged me that, hey, I don't have to have a the, um, theological degree to understand the Bible. So she gave me, just an, helped me have an insatiable love for the Word of God. So I would probably fangirl over her. In fact, I did. I had the opportunity to, to meet her and um, we just did a brief second, got to say something to her, and um, I was yeah. just like, oh my gosh, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? So, yeah, I would definitely fangirl over her for sure. Yeah. You know, she's doing um, a cruise, I think, with her ministry to Alaska in August. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Okay. And uh, I totally wanted to go, but it, it, adding up all the costs, it's out of my price range. So Beth Moore, if you're listening to this, Wendy and I love you. And um, I'd love to have you on the podcast and we'd love to go to Alaska with you. (laughs) Yes, please. I'll carry your luggage. (laughs) That's right. I'll do anything just to, Uh you know, I have met her as well. And she is as genuine and sweet in person as Mm -hmm. you would anticipate her to be. She's the real deal. And um, yeah, it's so great to meet ladies that it really, you know, when we talk about fangirling, like we don't really, anybody who's in the public platform that I know doesn't really feel like anything special no. because we're serving God with the way he created us. And it, that doesn't right. feel extra special when you're walking in it. No. And, and really, when you're at that place in your relationship with the Lord, um, it's all about glorifying him. And, um, and that's really where I am. I mean, I just, I want everything that I do and say to be, to bring honor to him and glory to me. And, and I don't want to, I want to deflect anything and reflect him. Yeah. And so, yeah, she would probably be embarrassed that we were fangirling over her, just like I'm embarrassed that you would fangirl over me. <laughs> you know, just, or somebody would fangirl over you. I mean, it's just like, you know, we're just doing the life thing with God. That's, yeah. And that's what we're doing. Yeah, it's so true. You know, you said um, about, you know, while you were waiting, you know, Beth 
her um, studies blessed you in that season. And I think everyone that has done one of her studies or read your book or read things I've written, I think the thing that I heard it, she speaks that really resonated with me is people just say me too. Like when they can say me too, that really, yeah. it makes yeah. us really bond together, I think, as believers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't, we don't say that enough, um, I don't think, because otherwise we wouldn't have so many people in our churches that are hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we feel like we have to go to church and everything has to be perfect. And um, so if we, if we could say me too more, I think that we would have a lot, um, we'd have a lot fewer hurting people within the church and then could go out in the community and, and really, really spread the love of Christ um, after we received that healing from him. Yeah, because anything, um, some of the people I've heard, and even you writing this book, we often write and teach and speak on things that we've gone through it. And if you're trying to mm-hmm. teach on something you haven't gone through, it just, it misses the Me Too element. Oh, exactly, for sure. And, I, and I've even, I've written the book and I tell the audiences that I speak to, you know, I wrote a book on this. It doesn't mean I'm an expert at it. <laughs> right. You know, I still have to go back to these principles uh, in the book. Right. Because, you know, I, I'm still waiting on things, and I'm not an expert at it. So, um, you know, I'm still just, I'm still a work in progress. Yeah. Well, you went through some pretty um, challenging waits, I think. Uh, we always feel like it's a challenge um, to us when we're walking through it, but even reading your story... Um, you were challenged to wait for having children. Yes, yes, and it, it was a. And I know that there's there's somebody listening um, today that can say, "Oh my gosh, that's me. That is an issue moment because it is. It's a. Um, it's so common, mm. and um, the the hurt that you feel uh, every time you open the mailbox and you get an invitation to another shower. Um, it's just you know pricks you right in the heart and you know I had been a teacher I had three dreams to be a teacher a wife and a mom and you know I had the first two had come true and we were ready to start a family and you know everybody else was getting pregnant you know and we just couldn't and they couldn't figure out why and uh so um two years of basal body temperature charting and um and fertility injections and and uh scheduled intimacy, uh, that, that cramture style. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, two years after that, um, we went to the specialist and, um, they did one last procedure and, um, they said, all right, let's just see how this works. And we had decided, all right, we're done. We're just, it'll happen whenever it's going to happen. We, we cannot take this anymore. Um, mm-hmm. the pressure and it was just robbing us of just everything. And, um, we ended up conceiving just, when mm-hmm. we kind of just let it go. Um, and so I've just learned that God's never late. You know, he's, he's just never late. And we may think he is, but he's not. Yeah, He's always on time. And his timing is always perfect, even if it's not in alignment with ours. Right. That's a good word. Um, so when you, when you were going through that, you know, two years of waiting and, and trying to get pregnant, um, what did? How was your relationship with the Lord? Did you feel it got stronger or more challenging? Or oh no 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 no, no it wasn't. I was mad at God, mm. um, and I was just assumed. I just assumed that He was just mad at me. Honestly, I just thought, well, you know, I didn't. I haven't done everything perfect, um, and I think that's one of the reasons we we turn from God during periods like this because we feel like 
oh, well, God expected us to be perfect in this, and I'm not going to be perfect in this, and so this is why God's not blessing me or he's not answering his prayer or, or for whatever reason. But, oh, no, I um, I was very upset with God. I just thought, well, he's mad at me, so I'm just going to be mad at him. Um, he's not, he's not, uh, he's disappointed with the way that some of the decisions that I've made in my life that, you know, weren't very godly, um, and, um, weren't God honoring. So he's, I'm just going to be mad at him. And, um, and here's the thing, here's the thing about Christians, or at least for me and people that I have encountered, um, it's like, we still go to church. <laughs> it's because, you know, you're raised in church, so you don't not go to church, but right. you just go to church and you just don't talk to, don't talk to God while you're there. You right. know? <laughs> yeah. Don't act like you're enjoying it. Um, but, you know, I never stopped going to church at that point. Um, and I still just, I kept on doing what I knew to do. Um, and that's, you know, Christians that go to church. And, uh, Right. I didn't have quiet times and wouldn't read my Bible or anything like that. Um, and, uh, you know, ironically, I would still pray because the one thing I wanted was baby. Right. And I know that he was calling me into a more intimate relationship and a trust relationship with him. And trust me with this, Wendy, I, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but because it didn't fall within my time table and when all my friends were having babies and I wanted one, and, you know, I just got mad at him. So, no, I would not say it was growing <laughs> at all. Yeah, and I think so many people can relate to that. Like you said, we're all waiting, whether it's babies mm-hmm. or waiting for that health, you know, um, miracle or singles that I work with a lot, waiting for their spouse to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it can put us into being mad. You know, what, the thing I love about God, though, is that he's not like how we would be like, oh, you haven't spent time with me or you only come to me when you want something. I'm not going to be your friend anymore. We, he doesn't do that with us. Right, exactly. You didn't respond to my text message. Well, I'm mad at you. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's and and that's one of the reasons that um, I love David so much is because uh, for me, um, David, I, I believe David gave me permission to just lay it all out before God: the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, the praise, the power, the pain, everything. He just let right. me lay it out because when you read the Psalms, I mean, he was he went through depression. He was discouraged. He had doubt. And um, he gave us permission as believers, I believe, to take take these things to the Lord. He's big enough for it. Right. Um, and what I found um, just through my study and through waiting on God for many different things is that um, he can take all that. And the best thing for me to do to keep myself spiritually healthy, emotionally healthy as well, is to get that out. You know, so many times we just suppress it, mm. um, you know, or if God knows it, then, you know, God already knows this, so why don't I need to talk to him about it? I think it, well, I believe it's more not to tell him something because he already knows. I think it's a release for us um, to just get it out. Um, so I, I'm all about getting it out with yeah. God. And um, he's not been mad at me one time because I just took yeah. my pain to him. I mean, even even his only son. Um, in the garden, said, you know, hey, Dad, if we could do this another way, can we? Right. And, um, you know, he said, this is what it's going to be. And so Jesus submitted, of course, that if Jesus could take, you know, that that discouragement to his Father, then so can we. Right. So. Good word. Yeah, and, and I love 
And when you're talking about, you know, taking it to him and not being mad, I think that he just, you know, when I think of a marriage, my husband might, I'm not married, but my proverbial husband, my future husband, I'm imagining, if I took to him something that I knew he already knew, like he already knew what I was mad about, but he wants me to come to him because he wants to have that relationship, the communication about it, wants to comfort you in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. And so exactly. I th- that's a great point. Yeah. Like I think that is it's we say this in churchy. It's the churchy thing, right? It's all about relationship mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. we're mad at him because he's mm-hmm. not doing what we want. And then we back right. out of the relationship. Um, but he'll never stop pursuing, which I mean, I'm, I'm with you. There have been times in my waiting process, um, waiting for a husband, waiting for a job, waiting for whatever that I've gotten mad at him. And now I've gotten to the point where I just say to him, I'm mad at you right now. And I know it's not you. So I know the enemy's trying to get me to be mad mm-hmm. at you. And it's not mm-hmm. your fault. But this is how I'm mm-hmm. feeling. Will you just help mm-hmm. help me think differently? Help me see the situation like you see it so I can agree right. with you. Because when I agree with right. God, I won't be mad at him. Exactly. And I think, honestly, I think there's just, there's a lot missing in, in, in church teaching about that very thing right there. It's, you know, God is holy and he's, you know, we can't, just that, that persona that we can't take our anger, our frustrations, our hurt, our pain to God. You know, that he's holy and we shouldn't, um, we shouldn't question him and, and I'm never, I wasn't questioning God's authority and, you know, supremacy. I was just questioning the circumstances of, you know, why is this going on? Why am I waiting? Kind of like he said, just help me understand this. I'm really kind of upset about this. Help me understand this. And, mm-hmm. you know, just like any father would, they would try to explain it to their child. Right. And um, if at that moment I don't receive a word, um, you know, I'm reading my Bible and I just don't get that, you know, I opened it up to, you know, First Kings 13, and there was my answer. If that didn't happen, I still have shared an intimate moment with him. Right. And um, I have felt um, a connection and compassion from him. Right. And um, it just builds that trust relationship that, you know, we can take him, we can take it all to him. For and sure. I, I think the church needs to talk more about that. And, and now I'm not taken away from the holiness of God at all. Don't hear that, you know, hear me correctly. But um, he can take it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, when you were going through um, the waiting and then you did get pregnant, how did you respond to God when you finally did get the answer? Thank you very much. And I moved on. (laughs) (laughs) So so it wasn't like a a fun, happy reunion with God? Were you still struggling in that? Um, You know, I didn't have the intimacy with God that I do right now. Mm. And, um, you know, I, we were grateful, you know, we were happy. We, you know, I thank you, God. But it was almost, um, uh, I don't want to say anticlimactic because that's really not the word I'm looking or the phrase I'm looking for, but it was really, hey, thanks, mm. and moving on, which really is kind of, when I look back on it, and I don't guess I've ever even thought about this ever until this moment, um, I must have acted disrespect and disregard to him mm-hmm. um, instead of just truly humbling myself and saying, wow, thank you so much, what a blessing. You know, thank you for for helping me, you know, be steadfast in this and, and um, 
you know, I am sorry for all my griping and, you know, I didn't do any of that. But I think that was just, that's a demonstration of my level of um, where I was, um, you know, in my level of maturity with Christ. I just, you know, I was a spoiled kid. I wanted this. I wasn't getting it. I finally got it. You know, I went to the dollar store with my mom and she wouldn't buy me the kite. But the next time I went, I pitched a fit. She finally did, you know, and then that's it. So it's like, you know, I had whined, complained. I finally got what I wanted. Thank you and moved on. Um, so it goes to wasn't that anymore. Yeah. It goes to prove that we don't have to be holy to get good gifts from God. <laughs> no, it, that is a very, very excellent point. That is an excellent point. He blesses us even when we're not blessing worthy. Um, maybe I'm just making that word up right there, but <laughs> even when we're not, well, and the thing about it is, he didn't even stop blessing us because I didn't respond in the most, you know, mm. in the way with the most gratitude. He didn't stop blessing us. He blessed us with a healthy child and um, just a beautiful experience with her being born and raising her. She's just been a huge blessing to us. And, you know, yeah, that's a mm. very, very good point, Jill. Yeah, it reminds me of the verse where he says his kindness leads us to repentance and mm-hmm. makes me wonder how much, again, I'm thinking this and saying this for the first time, processing it with you, that how much more should I be kind and loving towards those that maybe aren't behaving the way that they should? And maybe that is the key to making them want to change or um, not in a manipulation, mm-hmm. manipulative right. way, yeah. but right. but kindness does so much more. Way. Yeah, exactly. Supernatural way. Wow. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, I learn a lot from him, from how he models his relationship yes. with me, right? Yes, yes. I've always said he is so good at his job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't want it, but I do want to learn no. from his wisdom. Right, right. Um, although sometimes taking things into my own hands kind of acts like I want his, you know, I act like I want his job. Um, so going on to a different area of waiting. So in your book, Wait and See, um, you gave other examples. You gave examples of people you knew that were waiting. And that was one thing that I really loved about the book is, um, I could do the me too and see myself in it and, Mm -hmm. and say, oh yeah, I I resonate with that. Um, and it helped minister to me, but you even said that it took you, I think you said 13 years to publish your first book and this is your first book, right? Yes. So yeah. how how did how did that waiting process go? Was it any different than the waiting for baby? Uh, um, I, it, when I was waiting for to conceive, I was just I, I don't want to say I was a young Christian. I mean, I got saved when I was early, uh, very young, seven, and so I don't want to say I was a baby Christian as far as my years of being a Christian, but I was a baby Christian in my maturity. Um, so I believe. Um, the difference in those two is my level of spiritual maturity um, and the waiting for um, a book publication. And, and the thing about it is, is I never set out to write a book. I didn't set out to be um, a speaker. Uh, this, no, none of this, this is all God. This mm-hmm. is not anything that I even was ever even on my radar. Like I said, I, I, was, I was a mom, a wife, you know, a teacher. That, and those are great things. These are my goals. These are my dreams. Um, and so when I started into ministry, 
I just I never dreamed of of writing anything. I'm, I'm actually I was a very poor student, C at best. I worked really hard to get C's, and um, just a, a terrible speller even to this day. My mom, when I told my parents that I was, you know, had gotten a book contract, they just my mother, in the sweetest way only a mother could say it, was, oh, my gosh, but you can't spell. <laughs> and, you know, thanks, Mom. Um, and I said, you know what, you don't have to know how to spell anymore. I said, because they have these little, like, explain the blue lines and the red lines and, you right. know, your voice and all that. And, and I said, oh, they have editors. They'll help me get it, you know, right. And um, but it was just so fun because that's true. And I knew that and, and just battled with my self-esteem and my my value um, and my worth because I was not a great student. And um, that's one of the reasons I I was going to be elementary teacher because I knew I would always know more than my students because um, elementary students, they're young. Um, So I didn't inspire to to write books. Um, And actually this Wait and See book was not the first book that the Lord put on my heart. Um, the first book that, um, I mean, I had like a lot of ideas, so I had many ideas that were rejected many times over 13 years and to the point where I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm just not supposed to do this. Maybe, maybe I'm trying to do this because I am in a ministry where other people are doing it. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm in the ministry with Wendy Blight and Lisa Turkhurst and, Karen Eman and Susie Eller, and these are these are women who are just they are amazing writers. And so, am I doing this because they're doing it? You know, I begin to question. Sure. And I'm like, maybe I shouldn't even be doing this. And um, uh, I had a friend that spoke to me, another great author and friend, Renee Swartz, said to me, "You know, Wendy, um, I just think your weight, your first book is supposed to be your weight message." I had been teaching a message on David and waiting, what to do in the weight, W-A-I-T. And, and I just was like, yeah, no, I don't think so. She goes, no, I really feel like, I mean, it was just a word of prophecy over me. Yeah. And I just, you know, I just poo-pooed on the idea. I'm like, no, because I want to write this other book. Um, but you know what? The Lord just kept, that just stuck in my head. And mm-hmm. I thought, okay, well, this is, this is the book I'm supposed to write. So I put together this proposal and all this stuff that you have to do and, um, I was working with my agent at the time, and lo and behold, it got rejected. Oh, <laughs> rejected. And I can't, I'm like, you know, what is this, Lori? You know, and um, in the meantime, you know, more of the authors that I, or speakers that I work with are getting published. And, and you know, Jill, he just whispered, you know, you need to learn the, to celebrate the successes of others. It's not all about mm. you getting published. And I think that's one of the hardest things for us. Um, I'm not a man, so I don't, I don't know how men think, but for women, it's hard to watch another woman live our dream. Mm. And um, that's the way I felt when I was waiting to conceive. That's the way I felt when I was waiting to conceive figuratively a book. And um, I believe the main lesson in, in those years of waiting was to bring me to a place of humility Um so that I could enjoy and celebrate, truly celebrate the success the successes of others, and um, so again, I put the book out. Uh, I think it was rejected nine times. Wait and see. Cook was wow. the last one we were waiting to hear from, 
and um, in true God fashion, he's uh, immeasurably more than we could think or ask. Um, instead of a one-book contract, I got a two-book contract, wow. um, which is very unheard of for a first-time author. And I remember just squealing to my um, my sweet agent um, and going, but I don't have a book idea for number two. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to write for a second book. And she assured me, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. But um, ironically, the very first book that I wanted to write that has been, um, was rejected so many times, is the one that I'm writing next. Aww. So it, it's it's true, it, you know, it's just God going, I told you I had this. Aw, that's so he's great. So sweet. I love yeah, it. Yeah, he's so sweet. He's so sweet. He really, really is. Um, so I think just my level of maturity, of course, changed between those two weights and just realizing, you know, truly in faith. I mean, I had most of the book written before I even had a contract on it. And I remember mm-hmm. arguing with him saying, I don't even have a contract on this book write the book. But who's going to read it? Write the book. That's all I kept hearing was write the book, write the book, write the book. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. I'm going to write the book. I'm going to shut my mouth and write the book. And I did. And um, so, and then it's just, it turned into be just a huge blessing um, of just watching God work and showing me that he's, he's got it all. I don't worry about it. And, and even if I hadn't had the book published, Jill, I mean, I would still be in a relationship with a mighty, mighty Savior and intimately knowing Him. I mean, that in the book I talk about staying focused on the person of your faith rather than the object of your weight. And so many times we get lost in that weight and we forget the person of our faith. And that's what I was doing. And so I got to that place where I'm like, you know, it's, it's all about you. And if I get a book published, fine. And if I don't, I'm going to be fine. Yeah. And um, so, That's yeah. good. Well, you just kind of spoke to me. I've been working and editing my book proposal, um, had it ready for the She Speaks um, conference and um, working with a literary agent to um, refine some things and um, have a few publishers interested in the concept. But I've been feeling like God's like, just just write. I have three different ideas. I don't know which one to do first. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so I'm just, I haven't been as faithful to just continue to write it. And because um, I think the one I want to write isn't the one they want first. And, um, but that's the one that's on my heart. So I should just continue to write it. And uh, yes, I do. Because this book, Wait and See, was not what I wanted to write. And even, um, I had written a Bible study that I was trying to get Cook to publish. Mm. And I met with my first um, editor, acquisition editor. He's no longer there, Tim Peterson, sat right across the table from me. And um, at She Speaks, actually. And he said, um, I'd really like to see this Bible study turn into a trade book. Hmm. And I just looked at him and I said, well, I'm a Bible study writer. I don't write trade books. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, Okay. <laughs> So so I just, you know, it, it, and all along I kept, and he and Blythe, you know, kept working with me and, and just saying, well, this, this might not be that one that you wanted to write, but this is, this is the start. This is where we can start. And I felt like I was betraying myself in a, in a matter of speaking because it wasn't what I had wanted in my heart to write. Um, but I knew he said to write the book. 
And so I was like, all right, I'm going to write the book. And this is, you know, how it ended up. And now I'm ended up getting to write the book that I wanted to write to start with. <laughs> but yes, we're, we're funny. So, so my, uh, my word to you is write. Okay. Write the book. But I've wondered, <laughs> you know, I've waited for so many things. Um, I'm still waiting on my husband, um, you know, and all the things that come with that. But even in, in writing this book, having that initial God saying, okay, it's time to write it. And you start it and you, you feel so energized when you get a promise. You know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we forget about all those stories in the Bible, like David, like you use as his illustration throughout your book, that the promise and the and the fulfillment of the promise um, in that time, that time that passes, which sometimes is significant, there's a few things we gain. And you mentioned in your book about um, God's pauses or opportunities to get to know him better. And um, we gain confidence in God's plan, even during the uncertainty. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that, the, and I did a podcast just a few before this one, um, on breakthrough and talk about the process that God loves process because mm-hmm. if he didn't, he wouldn't have so many people in the Bible who have these journeys of going and getting the promise and waiting a lot of time <laughs> before the fulfillment exactly. of it. I mean, look at Noah. I mean, he didn't sign up to build the ark. Yeah. You know, God called him to build the ark. Um, a hundred and over a hundred years, hundred and twenty years. And then David himself never asked to be king. We don't see any side notes that said David as a young boy dreamed about being king. You know? <laughs> right. You right. don't see any of that. I mean he he was he went through all that he went through because he was called to do this and appointed to do that. Right. Yeah. You know, I think if you if we think about the themes in the Bible, I think waiting has got to be one of the top themes. For sure. Yeah. For sure. You know, but there are some misconceptions about waiting. And I know you've, there's, what you've identified are four. Can you tell us about those? Yes. Um, one for sure that, for me, um, and, and I'm with, I've probably gone through, I know I've gone through all of these, um, that, um, oh, I'm waiting because I didn't hear God right. That's probably, um, I would say the number one reason, mm-hmm. and I'm just, I, I'm just saying, um, I, I just felt because, okay, this is what I know I'm supposed to do. I know that I know that I'm know, and um, I'm supposed to write this, or I'm supposed to start this mission at church, or I'm supposed to serve in this area in my community, or, or I'm even supposed, even if it's not even related to a church or a ministry, it's like I know I'm supposed to take this job. I know that I'm supposed to apply for this position, uh, whatever it might be, or I know that this, I really believe that this relationship is, I need to stay in this relationship, whatever it might be. Um, and, and, you know, we go through those little checkpoints. Well, does it align with scripture? Does it, have we, have we seen evidence of that supported in our daily Bible study? Have we, you know, I always say, I, I tell my pastor, um, Often when I'm walking out of church, have you been eavesdropping on me again this week? You <laughs> right. know, because we we hear we hear this message repeated, and we're like, yes, 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 yes. Well, then when we go into that place where there's a pause, they're like, well, wait a minute. I, I was trucking along, and then all of a sudden the brakes are on. What what's happening here? God, did I hear you right? Yeah. Um, and then we doubt that. And for me, I just I try to um, to just counteract that. I, I go and I just sit with God. I'm like, all right, God, let's just, let, let me just walk back through these steps again. 
and and I sit with them, and I and I, I remind myself of, okay, yep, my pastor pre- preached about this, and I, yes, I remember. I can go back to my notes, maybe in my journal or my Bible, and I say, yep, I, I see. That's where um, God confirmed this to me in Scripture, or, and I remind myself, and I can put, you know, lay that misconception to rest, um, mm-hmm. because, I mean. And this, again, goes back to making sure we know the shepherd's voice. You know, how do you know God's Amen. speaking to you? Right. Well, you're not going to know his voice if he's, if you've never spent time with him. Right. You know, that's, that frustrates a lot of Christians is, well, how does he talk to you and not me? Right. Well, he wants to talk to you, too. So sit down with him, and, and he will. But he's not going to tell you everything you want to know in the first five minutes. He wants to see that you want to have a relationship with him. He's not a five-minute God. He's a relationship God. Right. So, you know, you have to know that you've heard him correctly and you have to know his voice to know whether you've heard him correctly. But, um, and then another one is, you know, I don't have enough faith or, um, I haven't been praying enough or in the right way. You know, maybe I'm not, am I supposed to pray specifically or am I not supposed to pray specifically? Because if I'm praying specifically, I'm probably telling God what to do. And, you know, prayer is, uh, there's, such a huge mystery to prayer, but here's the bottom line is prayer is just communicating with God. It's just talking to God. That's all it is. And just staying in touch with them, hanging out with them. Right. And um, so, you know, I just, I don't have enough faith, you know, because we hear that a lot of times, especially when you are facing um, and praying through a, a terminal illness or a chronic illness with someone. That's why I love that verse that he just says, you just need as much faith as a mustard seed. And, right. And I've said, you know, if I am even speaking one word, I say, dear Lord, that is enough mm-hmm. faith as a mustard seed because I'm bringing exactly. my very least to him. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the littlest I have, which is just a voice and an intention and a prayer. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I know there's... Um, you know, there's, I, I don't know if you've mentioned, oh, there, you're still waiting on one more. But yeah, it's not because we're, if we're waiting, I must not have enough faith. That is, you're right, such a big misconception because oh, it yeah. goes back to I have to try harder. And I love that the God made sure to include the scripture that it's not by works, you know. Exactly. It's not. And even it's the not. work of faith, even to muster up something that we can't build with our hands, you know. Um, right. Well, and then that leads into, you know, well, I'm waiting because I must not be working hard enough. Oh, my goodness. You know, can we add one more thing to our plate of activities right. and commitment? Oh, my goodness. And here's what we find is that, and what I have seen in so many women, um, I wouldn't say that this is a, a misconception that I struggled with greatly because, I, you know, I tend to try to live very balanced. Uh, I try to. Um, really keep my commitments as minimal as I can. But there are women that I know that just keep themselves so busy and wound up that when the time comes for their wait to be over, they're exhausted or they don't have room on their plate for it to receive it. Oh, stop prophesying over me, will you please? (laughs) And, And it's just, you're like, because here's the thing, is we don't want... We don't want void in our life. We don't want lag time because our world tells us that if we're not busy, if we're not achi- if we're not working, then we're not achieving. And if we're not achieving, we're not worth anything. We have no value. And all those are lies. Right. So it's not it's not ungodly 
to take a pause and just just be with God. Don't fill your plate up to the point where when, when God is ready to say, here, it's time, you don't have any more space for it. Yeah. Because then it's ungodly just to quit all those other things because Scripture's very uh, clear about finishing well. Mm-hmm. And all the good leaders finished their projects well. True. And um, so I, I am a strong believer in making sure that my commitments that I've made, that I finish well in those because that's God-honoring. Um, so, you know, we don't want to just go, oh, well, finally, I get the object in my weight. I'm just going to stop all this stuff. So it's, it puts us in a really hard place. So we, we really, that's why it's so important to make sure that we only take on assignments that are meant for us to have and praying through those and God, what is it that you want me to be a part of right now? And, and be okay with, with not being busy. Um, be okay with maybe having a Sabbath rest that's actually a Sabbath rest. Yeah. And, um, and, yeah, not that's filling, hard to do. and not filling that space of waiting for whatever it is, like you're saying, with busyness exactly. and other things that maybe, because we can feel insignificant during a season of wait. Absolutely we can. And then that's the enemy line to us again, saying, yeah. well, you're just not worth doing anything, or you should be doing something. No. And also, we, we honestly, if we're, if we're both honest, I'm sure that there's people in our lives that kind of look at you like, why aren't you doing anything? Yeah, and and you just you know it's a spiritual discipline of solitude. You just want to go. Well, here's what I'm doing. Why? Here's why I'm not doing it. But then you just kind of step back and go. I'm going to just exercise my spiritual discipline of solitude, and this is between me and God. And you know, you don't have to get it. Nanny, nanny, nanny. Between me and God. Yeah. Because you get to you get to a place of freedom with your in your relationship with God, where you're like, whatever. You right. don't like it. You're not happy with it. That's okay because I'm I'm pleasing an audience of one, and yeah. uh, that's all that matters. Yeah, there's um, a speaker who has this phrase that says, "I'm so free of you. I'm so free of me. I'm free of you too." Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that is good. Yeah, to get to the place where we value wisdom and and you know insight and and those things from people in our inner circle and who can you know, who are for us and want to help us reach our destiny. We don't want to dismiss wisdom, um, but we also don't want to just let the whole world speak into our life either so that mm-hmm. we're not swayed by what we feel God's calling us to do by someone else's opinion because not everyone else, right. I mean, goodness, let all those people we've already talked about in the Bible, David, Noah, if they had listened mm-hmm. to other people's opinions, they wouldn't have ended up starting their assignment, no less ending it well. Absolutely. Uh, well, and Esther and Ruth, and I mean, you just go on and on. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like anyone who's had to wait has had to face some opposition to probably the naysayers that said, oh, oh if sure. you're waiting, oh, you haven't heard God correctly. Mm-hmm. You must want something yeah. not in God's will. You're not praying enough. You don't have enough faith. You're not right. working hard enough. All those things, they don't always come from within us. They come from outside, too. Externally, yep, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I know that people that read this book will be so blessed by the different stories and your wisdom, especially the the phrase that you said earlier, and I'll just repeat it so they know that the focus on the person of our faith rather than on the object of our weight. Right. Um, they will be really blessed by getting a hold of that and through the life of David, too. Um, well, t- can you tell us a little bit about your next book? 
I can actually tell you a little bit about my next book. It is called Yes, No, and Maybe, Living the Immeasurably More Life. And it's based on Paul's um, um, Paul's life and his teaching, but it, it doesn't span over Paul's entire life like David did because mm-hmm. we don't know exactly when Paul died. And um, his teachings are a lot more... Um, they're heavy compared to David's life. So we, mm-hmm. I take that initial um, conversion experience of, of Paul um, in Acts, just a few chapters in Acts, and walk through the idea of um, saying yes to God, no to self, and maybe to others. Mm-hmm. And the idea that yes um, will um, cultivate trust in a relationship with God. And no will welcome or invites revelation from God and maybe welcomes freedom to work with God. Um, and so, um, you know, there's been all manner of books on yes to God and saying yes to God and obedience and, and all that. But I'm really excited about the way this book has played out. We are we have three different sections of the book. We have a yes section that's three chapters and no section that's three chapters and a maybe section of three chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, the book is formatted very much like Wait and See. There will be a Bible study after each lesson, mm-hmm. and there will also be that 10th chapter journal. If you remember in Wait and See, yeah. the, write, the reader actually gets to finish the book. They write the last chapter of the book. They share in Wait and See. They share with their one of their ways. Yeah. And in Yes, No, and Maybe, they share their ideas of, the measurably more life and the principles that I teach and how that's playing out as I read the book. Nice. So it, I, I'm super excited about it. It's like I said, it it was the book that was birthed in my heart when I first started in ministry, wow. and the one that was rejected the most. <sighs> and here it is getting to be published, and I just I'm silly beside myself. Oh yes. Um, so it will be out next um, next October. But um, in the meantime, this November, just a few days away, Wait and See, Six Weeks to Waiting Well DVD Bible Study Curriculum is released by really? David C. Cook. Yes. Oh, and that's great. I'm, yes, I'm super excited about it. It is um, just, if for anybody that has read Wait and See, um, it is nothing like Wait and See. This book and Bible study is completely new content. So oh. if you've read Wait and See, you're going to get new material for the Bible study. And if you're doing the Bible study, hey, you go, go pick up a copy of Wait and See because it's different. In Wait and See, we study David's life. And then in waiting six weeks to waiting well, we study six different people who either waited well or did not wait well. And we studied their lives. And the curriculum, the DVD is a 10-minute 10-minute video, and the curriculum isn't any like anything out there, Jill. I'm so excited about it. I call it guilt-free Bible study. Yay. Yeah, you have no homework. You have no outside reading. Um, you bring your Bible and your participant's guide to class. You watch a 10-minute video, and you and your girlfriend sit around, and you study the Bible together. Nice. It <laughs> is just, I'm so excited about it because... 
you know, girls love God's Word, and they get excited about Bible study, and they come two or three weeks, and then there's a project at work has kept them from getting there that fourth week, and they didn't get all their homework done, or the kids yeah. were sick, or we had a science project, or something happened, and we don't get all our blanks filled in, and then we just stop coming to Bible study. Right. And um, so we stopped short of finishing our goal, and I just was really, really um, passionate about providing Bible study where, number one, you studied the Bible, not my thoughts on the Bible, but or somebody else's thoughts on the Bible, but studied the Bible. But number two, a place where women can come, whether they, you know, were here last week or not, it doesn't matter because one week doesn't build on the week before, and you can be sick, or you can have a project at work and still come to Bible study. You know what that and, sounds um, like? It sounds exactly like God. Like, just come as you are, where yeah. you're at, yeah. and you you haven't missed anything. It's Mm-mm. it's really His grace that we've been talking about throughout this podcast that He'll take us how whatever hot mess we're in, you know? Exactly. And we are one. <laughs> I am for sure one of those. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this was one of those ideas initially that I had a long time ago, Jill, about how I would love to write a Bible study for it to be like this, because I know women, this is what they want. Yeah. And um, I can't tell you how many times that I just, just got poo-pooed on. Nobody wants that. Everybody likes these long videos. Everybody wants homework. No, everybody doesn't. <laughs> and so when Cook came to me and we're talking about a Bible study for Wait and See, I first laughed and I was like, look, everything I wrote, everything that I know about waiting, I already put in a book. I don't have any more words on that. Um, but of course, God gave me more words. But they said, That's well, awesome. how would you want it to be set up? What do you want it to look like? And I was like, are you kidding me, God? I actually get to say this is what I want it to look like. Are you giving me permission? <laughs> and they just said, yes, how do you want this to look? And I just, I mean, in my spirit, I just listened to God saying, you just obeyed me. So we sat across this table, and I said, this is the way I think it should be, and this is why. And they said, we love it. Wow. And so here we are. Here we are less than a year after the idea, um, getting it all out. Um, And hopefully, you know, God willing, there'll be another Bible study that comes out with um, yes, no, and maybe the following year after we release the book that's in the same format. Just some guilt-free Bible study. Come to Bible study, study the Bible, and be with your girlfriend. That is great. Because, you know, really, everything that we do is fellowship, like, you know, literary agent helping you, publisher. We all have a different piece and perspective. But when they, we all come together, we also give each other permission to be an expert in an area, but mm-hmm. also to release people to do what God's called them to do, which is what this right. whole thing sounds like. They gave you encouragement and permission to yeah. to create, just like the creator. What new thing can you do? Because yeah. um, yeah, you're right. Everyone learns different. Everyone has different mm-hmm. time. And I think that's a phenomenal idea. I really look forward to seeing that. Yeah, I'm excited. It's, it's um, pre-order now on Amazon that it releases. Um, it should be, it releases November 1st officially. Um, so that's really just a little over a week away. Okay. So, so this this podcast will actually air um, after that time. So it'll, by the time you're listening to this podcast, listeners, you can go get it now. Um, right. So, which is funny, November 1st, that's when my, I self-published a book and that's when that's hitting Amazon. So. Awesome. Very good. So we'll both have a special day. Um, yeah, we will. <laughs> 
So, well, goodness, this has been such a eye-opening, enlightening, and such a great conversation with you about waiting. Um, you've really enlightened us in so many different areas of uh, how to wait well, and even when you don't, to be free to mess up. <laughs> and God gives us permission to mess up when we're, when we're waiting. He does. He's just so full of grace and patience. You know, I just, yeah. not to take away from his holiness and his omniscience and just his glory, but, you know, I say often, sometimes I think Jesus just looks up and God, looks up at God and goes, it, this this is going to take a while. You know, <laughs> yeah. with me. you know, just in the sweetest, you know, sweetest way he can, you know, sh- yeah, this one's going to take a while. <laughs> and, yeah. and he's just so sweet to just give me just the time I need just to, to get me ready for, for whatever it is he has for me. I agree. I, I give him that same praise. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I may have needed some extra time in some areas of my life, and I'm grateful that he gives it to mm-hmm. us. Um, you know, I always end all my podcasts with um, people by asking kind of the same question. So um, I know I didn't prep you with this, but how is God teaching you how to love well, whether that's him or others or yourself? Just kind of open question. Oh, well, specifically, I know a specific way is um, he has been challenging me to notice her. And what that means is um, I was finding myself going into the marketplace around me, you know, Walmart, Target, grocery stores, those kinds of things, and finding myself being very judgmental about the cashiers and the people that work there. Mm. Because I feel like they don't, you know, well, you've been to Walmart and you've been to these places before where it's just like, really, can you just look up and give me some eye contact? Can you, mm. you know, hey, I'm standing in front of you and all you're doing is going beep, beep, beep with my stuff. Um, and, you know, I found myself just really kind of being rude about it um, in my own spirit, not not openly rude to them or hostile, but in my own right. spirit, just very judgmental. And, you know, God was just like, you noticed her. Hmm. I'm like, well, she's standing right in front of me, God, I didn't. So, and he's like, call her by name. Hmm. And I'm like, I don't know her name. She has a name tag. Call her by name. I'm like, okay, well, I, I can't understand it. You know, because sometimes you don't know how to pronounce her name. Ask her. So it has been such a joy to stand across somebody who has probably been on their feet all day long, scanning people, putting up with people attitudes like often I gave and just say, you know, um, Joy, thank you so much for ringing me up. I hope you're having a good day. And they just look at you. Hmm. Or if they don't have a name tag on, I'm saying, I know you don't have a name tag on. What is your name? And it's almost like they want to get you know, you're going to get them in trouble or something. Yeah. And you can say, well, I need somebody that a good friend that had that name or, you know, my mother was that name or, oh, that's an unusual name. Were you named after someone special in your life? And it is amazing the the countenance on that person's face. Um, I'm not as quick to do it with men because I don't want them to think I'm flirting with them. Right. Um, but it it is a way that God has just taught me to to love, and it fills me with joy because I know that um, He has allowed me to participate in making someone feel special, mm-hmm. if only for a moment in their day. Yeah. And um, so I just, I've loved it. I've loved it. And uh, it was funny because my husband were actually, and I were actually in Walmart one day, and I called the lady by name, and he goes, do you know her? And I said, nope, I don't. <laughs> so I got to explain to him what I was doing. He goes, 
Oh, okay. So that is so know, cool. That is how he's taught me just to love people. Um, so I'm just going to challenge your listeners to 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 find a way. You know, make somebody feel special. Um, they're 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 they have a hardness for a reason. Yeah. Um, and uh, the love of Jesus can break through any hardness. Amen. That is so good. I love asking that question because everyone says something different and we all have so much to learn about how mm-hmm. to love God, love ourselves and love others. Um, yeah. And just that piece of wisdom. I'm going to go out and do that uh, the next chance I get as well. So that's great. Um, well, well, thank you thank so you. much for being on the podcast today and um, tell the listeners any links. Um, I'll leave links to anything that we talked about today, um, right. her book and um, and even the link to the Bible study. So um, in the show notes of this podcast. But Wendy, thank you for joining me. I look forward to seeing what thank God's going to do with your stuff. Thank you, Jewel. And I hope you get to um, voice my next book. Okay. That would be really fun if you got to do my other book. I would, I would love it. I would love that too. We'll have to talk to uh, the powers that be. <laughs> yes, let's do that. All right, we'll talk to you later. Thank you, Jill. Okay, thanks, Wendy. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Jill Monaco Show. You can find more from Wendy when you go to jillmonaco.com slash episode 16. Just click on the show notes to find all the links that we mentioned here today. Also, I am looking forward to getting to know all of you that are joining me in my online coaching program for singles from Looking to Loving. Be sure to register soon because it ends on January 30th. We start in February. So visit from lookingtoloving.com for more information. And so you don't miss an episode of The Jill Monaco Show. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search for at Jill Monaco. If you were inspired, encouraged, or challenged by Wendy and my conversation, please share this podcast with your friends and on social media. Tag me with at Jill Monaco so I can continue the conversation with you. All right, friends. Thanks so much for listening today. And remember, love well. You are made for it. Oh, 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 o